And it's catching sound. A lot of sound. I'll catch uh, your sound. Good. Uh, if, uh, I hope it's like one of those USB operated ones that has a thing so that it can like go with music because I know exactly what shit post we're going to listen to on it. Wait, you're talking about a, a sounding device? That yes, vibrates that, can, that is uh, that is that is USB controlled. Vibrates to music, yes. Oh, I thought you meant a sounding device where you put like it it like you put an iron bar in your urethra and you. That's what I was yes, thinking that. too. Yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. Okay, so I'm yeah, not on the same page. Yeah, but it but play penis music on it. And I what still is, get that. What joke. is a penis music? I don't know. It's it's a terrible meme. It needs to go away. I prefer I prefer Tiger Con. I mean, they said detachable penis song, and there's the song about horse cock. Well, penis music is basically rebuke against uh, uh what are they called? You know, uh, snooty pu- people. You know, music elitists, as it were. Kira, are you a, are you a music elitist? No, I like me I like me some penis music. It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, thanks. Yep. <laughs> Modulates the vibrator to play the tune of solidarity. Play the tune of solidarity forever. You know what? That's even better. Honestly, that would be fun. Or sixteen tons. Oh, y'all have not heard sixteen tons yet. Okay, I don't. I, I, okay. It's a super uniony anarchisty song. Oh, hey, we're supposed to to count down and clap. Fucking got him. And we're back. Welcome to Penis Music the Musical. Uh, I'm your host, uh, the guy. Why, why do we even fucking do this anymore? Uh, we already <laughs> fucking peed. Why, why do we fucking do this? Fucking go. Just, just fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it all. Fuck it. Welcome to you know what? You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kill this podcast. I'm gonna go get a beer real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's why you did not hear that fat rip. Oh, we're already. Uh, oh, did Lord, Con really okay. go get a beer? Oh, this is great. <laughs> First episode where this happened. We're either coming together really well or falling completely apart. It's too early to tell. Well, we'll, we'll know if we become famous like uh, Comtown. I came prepared with rum. Did you say uh, I should have? I should have had more alcohol, but alas, I did not. I, I decided against drinking because I'm on uh, antidepressants, and that would be a very bad decision. Yeah, I've had some eh. digestive stress lately, so, you know, wow. alcohol is actually on the no list. I don't want to hear about your poop problems. Oh no, it wasn't that, it was coming up the other end. There was absolutely no poop. At all. This okay. had better get cut. No, I'm not getting- Well, you, you, you know the golden rule of cutting things. Whenever you ask to get cut, you ain't getting- you, you're, you're not getting cut. You can't- Alright, this is gonna- uh... Unless you, like, just, just right. spam the N-word, like, I'm not going to cut it. <laughs> Okay, well, welcome okay. to Taking the, the Bread like, Pill with uh, your, your hosts, Gecko, Khan, Zuli, and Kira. I am drinking a Stella Artois that I just ran out to get because I was too fucking sober for this goddamn podcast. Every single time I think, 
how how does Gecko gonna introduce us even worse than last time? And now we're talking about like sounding as we. Get, <laughs> I am Kara and I am smoking. I want to show this podcast to my friends sometimes, but then I'm like, that's probably not a good idea. No wonder we're not growing. We are. We we're growing. We're doing smoking fine. some shit. So, oh, what are we growing? Yeah, uh, we're growing mushrooms. God damn it, mycophobia. Alright, so today we're actually going to be talking about Khan's canvassing experience. So Khan, first question. How, as an anarchist, do you even come to come to argue for the electoral process when literally it has failed us every single time we've engaged in it? Are you calling me a lib for engaging in electoralism? I'm calling you a lib for engaging in electoralism. Alright. You could argue that it takes, like, no effort to do, so might as well so, throw your vote. here's the thing. I'm going to introduce you to something that's called utilitarianism. Now, you see, voting, we know that there's problems with the electoral system in this country, right? We all know it. We all, we all fucking know it, right? If, if we voting, if, if voting people meant voting. voting... Yeah, well, I mean, people, those people are libs. But, but, the reason why is that if voting can make it so... If voting in some very small way can make someone else's life better, you should do it, even if it you have qualms against it. Well, what's that fucking argument that we that I, I keep seeing being passed around? Oh, basilisk. No, it's like the argument for like uh, damage uh, reduction, harm, harm reduction? reduction. Yeah, harm reduction. Thank you, Zoli. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally a utilitarian argument. Well, I mean, also here's the thing with like you know participating in this shit. It takes jack shit for effort. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's to, to vote. vote. That's to yeah, vote. And that's, but the, like, that's the thing. It's like you don't really need to do that much. But you don't actually the, have to have faith in the system. You just drop, you know, spend five minutes of your day, and suddenly you've, you know, five minutes. Go. Did you guys hear about in Texas when they were doing their primary voting? People had to stay in yeah. stand in line for eight fucking hours. Okay, you know what? Never mind. Literally everything I just fucking said. It's real nice here in Minneapolis. Well, now there is voter. There was voter suppression in Texas, and um, especially like among working class people. And of course, all the, when you have voter suppressions, all the old people who are retired and uh, are boomers are going to go out, and so you're going to get way skewed towards that. This is why people make the argument have a day off for voting. Yes. You know what pisses me off though? What actually really pisses me off is every time you go to a voting set- center, it's either stay-at-home wino moms or fucking boomers. I want to see some goddamn young kids there because that shows that we have a system that is set up enough that people are able to actually engage in the electoral process. Because even if you just go out and vote, you still have to have some kind of engagement. Otherwise, you're just voting. Like, I'm going to be completely honest. I voted. You know, fuck it. I voted. But when but, I went to I go mean, vote. I mean, there is a fuck it factor, too. No, no. So when I went to go vote. The in, my, in the state that I'm in, we actually had primaries for every every position in the state. Uh, from like mayor to to senate, right? I went. I, I voted for Bernie Sanders because he's literally the only person that will actually engage any kind of working class movement, and will actually do anything that can be considered harm reduction. And I literally just picked random names going down the list. I had no idea who the fucking people were. Just like, yeah, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. Because if I chose not to vote. Like, there's some kind of argument that can be made that if I said, oh, I'm just going to vote for Bernie Sanders and nobody else, 
then it's gonna there's gonna be some kind of liberal argument. Well, you didn't vote. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't uh, complain because you didn't vote. <laughs> it's like you know, the point throwing is- a fit in the street is a form of fucking you know participation. Yes, these protests are participation. They're not the sanctioned kind that you might you know be comfortable with, but they are that. Trouble is, okay. In some cases, the sanctioned kind is just easy enough that you can go. You can literally go on it. You can do it on your way to doing the proper kind of. Uh, no, you can't. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the whole the whole point is that. Um, well, yeah. My, my think I think the biggest thing is one. Those arguments are made by libs. You don't really have. <laughs> They're libs. Like, of course they're going to make that fucking dumbass argument. It's anything to obfuscate from the real issues. That's really what you gotta hammer home, is you gotta say, Cool, uh, I'm trying to do harm reduction, I'm trying to do all this. And then they're like, oh, why didn't you, uh, fucking, uh, suck my dick? And it's just like, well, it wasn't harm reduction enough. Oh, you mean like the people that are like, I'm I'm a Warren support. Porter, but if I voted, I I would have voted for I would have voted for Bernie Sanders except because he aligns with my interests. But you know what? Fuck Bernie Sanders because his his supporters are mean to me. Yeah, that's literally and, what I'm meaning. What I'm no, saying. No, it's a, like, it's a quite biggest, literally a non sequitur. So like I have I have I, well, I just I mean, shared some this. people can just hold grudges that way. And I was like, so okay, well, I, you did, know, I just shared this picture with you guys with one of my Facebook fr- of one of my Facebook friends. I'm not gonna dox them because they're even though they are libs, I do believe that people deserve to have some kind of security Where? in their person in in general. And it's literally the dude posted a picture of their fucking shoes with American flag oh, socks oh. on the ba- the wrong way on. For the first, for, for the first name. <laughs> the second note that says, today's outfit says it's Super Tuesday. Fourteen states, fourteen hundred delegates up for grabs. So proud to be supporting an honorable, dependent, and empath- empathic st- statesman, Joe Biden. Empathetic. No mention. Uh, no empathetic. Yeah. No mention of policy. No mention of you know the, I'm voting for them because they they secure my class interests. It's literally, I think they sound cool, Joe Biden. Well, that's why I'm trying to, like, a, yeah. when, when we're talking about canvassing and kind of get, getting into it for a little bit, when I go door-to-door and stuff like that, I, when I'm trying to, like, convince people and stuff, I, like, try to hone in on the policy because a lot of people don't really, you know, a lot of people care about the policy. Like, make sure that it affects them. Like, I can't be, like, I can't go up to, like, um, oh. I canvass mostly around uh, in, in Tallahassee around like uh, a bunch of college kids of course i'm not going to go up there and be like did you know that uh, joe biden wants to take away social security like that's not going to fly with them i mean but if i tell them hey you know joe biden's probably not going to want to legalize weed or if i say hey you know who wants student jet- debt forgiveness uh bernie sanders vote for him over joe biden that resonates with people Mm. The fact the most people who vote like there's this whole idea, I think, of people who are voting off of just personalities. I don't think that. A whole I think that in general, they might just think that, you know, things aren't going to change for better or worse and maybe things are okay the way they are. Yeah, that's the reason. Well, literally, uh, another canvassing story. I went to, um, when I was in South Carolina, we went to probably one of the poorest counties there. It was a bunch of, it was a black community, basically people living in trailers. And I talked to a guy uh, who was literally on a Saturday afternoon. This guy was a fucking, fucking badass, just chilling out on his porch, drinking natties. Uh, He had a cute dog. 
really nice girlfriend and we were talking to him and he's like man i don't really think the system works you know and i was like that's why we're trying to change it and i think that's the biggest thing that's the biggest reason why i'm trying to you know actually push for bernie sanders and trying to actually push out here and get the vote out because i think that we're at a point where the establishment is weak and if you can um you know get in there and, and do things without uh just having a huge violent revolution that will kill a lot of people, then you should push for those factors. You shouldn't just automatically say, well, we have to go to a revolution. You don't have to. Nothing's set in stone. Anything can happen. Even though it might might be a departure from what historically has happened, still, you can push for it, and if it doesn't work, then you go to more extreme solutions. You can just bet on both outcomes and do so safely. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it, like I've seen a lot of anarchists, especially in the online community, and even like unless they're like absolute purists, which fuck those guys, fuck anar- hey, fuck purists, just just mm-hmm. fuck them. Like unless they're absolute purists, they're gonna be like, yeah, it makes sense to do one thing and the other, because if you're if you're going to like even in any kind of war, whether it be class war, or actual war. You don't want to attack on just one front because that l- allows them to stand united, right? Allows mm-hmm. them to consolidate their forces and mount a better defense. Exactly. But if you attack on more than one front, it disperses their forces. It disper- It doesn't allow them to generate that stance of. Sun Tzu said that. Yeah, like you, you don't want to sit down and just be like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna vote." Oh well, if something doesn't happen, I'm gonna go out and do uh, a women's march where it's gonna be absolutely toothless. It's gonna do absolutely nothing besides make you make your fucking pussy hat wearing liberal feel good, and then they can go on about their daily life because their actual class interests are at, aren't actually in danger by any anybody who's going to literally cause deaths mm-hmm. in the in the marginalized communities because they don't give a fuck, they don't care, like it's it's it shows directly when you have people on twitter saying oh i i and i actually agree with these people but you know what fuck those people fuck voting for this person because you know somebody was mean to me like you clearly don't actually have any kind of moral standpoint to argue from well no some people are just petty about yeah. that that's just like well, a they're petty just, thing they're, and they're dumb because the, the whole it's point a is like tantrum, they'll probably it shows get over it, it well the first of all maybe but vote. i mean the whole point is that they it clearly shows that they don't give a shit about the actual policies and they're just like doing it for like the sports team of it you know the, the sort of thing where it's like oh man uh i have to vote for the person on my team and i have to vote against the person on the other team uh you know, we got We just got to do that. Other person bad, my person good. And any sort of attack, you have to defend it. And well, I mean, if we get a... Uh, it's, you know... If we get Bloomberg, sp- we might as well. Yeah. It's sports politics. Well, it, like a, it doesn't matter yeah. what the policies are for these people. Those people are lost. They are lost in, in the end of history liberalism, as, as, but, as I would say. Well, it's not even end of history liberalism. It's more of like... I don't know if you guys ever actually heard of Marcuse, but he wrote this book called Two-Dimensional Man. And it's basically about how capitalism would basically break down any any individual into a two-dimensional person where it's two-dimensional as in like the the literary meaning of it like where it's there there's a personality but there is no a non-person yeah there's nothing behind it it's just yeah i'm a i'm a single issue voter or oh um i only do things because they're super because they make sense superficially there there is no depth to it right 
they become two-dimensional. And on, on, just as a side note, we might, we might, we should probably read Two Dimensional Man because that book is so fucking good. Oh All right, well, I'll put it on the list. I'll be our next book. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's free too. It's free. Oh, too. okay, shit, yeah. Then definitely, yeah. we're yeah. still trying to. The problem is we don't have a. We're, we're trying to do Sankara, but uh, we don't have. Some of us didn't get a chance to get a copy, so we're still Listen, waiting on that. Th- there's, there's, there's a thing called being working class poor. I okay. You know what? Now, now I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna be classless and shit on you. Why? Just, just have more money, Gecko. Just have more money. Just have more money to read theory. How dare you not spend money on theory? Hey, you, you ever know? heard of a library? Stop being poor. It's a choice. Look, look your kid can go without food for a while. Your soul cannot go without Thomas Sankara and Marxist Leninism. <laughs> for real, though. That makes sense, though. No, it doesn't stop. <laughs> My daughter needs to eat. Like that makes biological sense. We just—I just did the math. Yeah. Well, literally that. All right, so if we want to break down that joke, I can, because basically what I'm saying is the joke is... is You're that making the joke not funny, Con. I know, Let's but Let's break fuck it you. down anyways. I did, we have to be... Just like Zulikath said, sometimes you have to out-pedantic the computer. Um, the point is... What? When did he say that? Never mind. He said that in the chat. I mean, fucking look at the chat. No. Uh, he said... So... Essentially, the joke is... Is that... What I was saying was, sure, it was logical, but it it lacked empathy. Was the whole point? It it was um, you know, ethics without morals. Con, Con you're posting cringe. You're losing subscribers. Oh, I am. I'm Joe Biden now. Gesundheit. You turned me into Joe Biden. Congratulations, fucking... you are a dimension riddled, seventy something year old. Oh, fucking shit. I'm trying to talk, and all you people, all you fucking, all you fucking liberals. I'm, you know what? Full purity politics. I am you now. Want to see a like truly horrifying image of uh, Jeb Bush? Oh God, no. But um, <laughs> all right, let's get back on track a little bit. So about canvassing. canvassing. What? So so let's, let's for those who don't know, um, let's 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 talk about what canvassing is, what the purpose of canvassing is, and what good it does. And why you should do it, because we need Bernie Sanders to win, to change the paradigm. We had to be told that that wasn't a photo. <laughs> Hold on, no, no, but so, what, what, is, what is canvassing? So basically what canvassing is, is going out and collecting voter information. You knock on, pe- you literally go door to door, knock on people's doors, and say, hey, what's up? Uh, you know, who you're voting for. And generally, what you do is you have, um, we usually use an app with the Bernie campaign, uh, called the, called Minivan. And what it is, is it basically gives you a list of, uh, a bunch of voters, and it says, all right, these voters are going to be the ones that you want to check because they're going to be either undecided, or they're registered Democrat, but they haven't voted. Or they are undecided voters, in that sense. And so you basically go door to door. Basically, the whole point is that it's going to weed out people who are, like, strong trump supporters so you don't go knocking on someone's door and then they're like shoot you with a fucking shotgun or something for being for bernie sanders but basically it's going out to people who are leaning or like kind of like ah and are trying to get out there and it's going out there and basically saying hey we out here we vibing you want to vibe with us and you know you got to get that you got to get that vibe so, so i do con, but yes but, but con before you continue i just want to i just want to know you're saying canvassing is to get inverted information. Why can't I just pay Facebook to give me that information? 
Why do I have to go out and why do I have to go out and talk to people? I mean, why, I don't even like people. It's why not. Do I want it's to talk not. To it's not about just getting information. It's about going out into the community and trying to show the fact that like your candidate is cares about the community and has people out here talking to people. Like literally, some of the places we canvass, they're like, yeah, people haven't shown up here in, like fucking fifty years or not fifty years, like like ten years. No one fucking comes around here. Why do you care about us? And it's like, well, we care about the community, and that really but gets people you know going it, it inspires but, Con, but everyone's candidate is saying that yeah but yeah but Con, joe, if, joe if, biden doesn't go if the candidate really cares why isn't the candidate the one going out and canvassing why why are you going out and canvassing for the candidate <laughs> That's a, yeah bernie sanders is like an amoeba he can just multiply and just go to every single door to door no, he's like it's a practicality right, so. thing Phelan. no no if, if bernie sanders really cared about the community starting in 2004 16 he should have started walking the entirety of the u.s meeting each individual person fuck you <laughs> what these oh, fucking no. arguments god damn it but i think the I, whole point is like it's not only that but it like gets you out there and like actually gets you talking to people it, that was actually really helpful and cathartic for me in a good sense oh, that sounds horrible well maybe maybe if it's so horrible you should do it to try to challenge yourself Cardin. what the no okay yes. but so like Okay. You, you went to South Carolina, right? Yeah. And oh, you were you were shit. you were with a group of people, and you were walking around, and you know, you basically were going around being like, "Hey, you know, are you undecided? Are you do you know who you want to vote for?" And on this app, you were mar marking, you know, undecided, going to vote for Bernie, going to vote for Trump, going to vote mm -hmm. for Joe Biden, so on and well, so forth. Well, generally, it was either Bernie or an opponent. Like we, you didn't see a whole lot of Trump supporters. What we were, when we were do like hardcore Trump supporters when we were doing it. Sometimes they would be out there where, like, uh, I had a couple of friends that were out there who, like, uh, they opened the door and were like, we're at the Bernie Sanders campaign. They just slammed the door in their face. Yeah. When you're canvassing, are you going out? Are you trying to sit down and have, you know, hours long discussions with these people? Are you just kind of being like, hey, here's a pamphlet. Take a look at it. We're going to, you know, just kind of jot you down and move on. Well, generally, the first thing you ask is like, hey, I'm with the Sanders campaign. Uh, you know, are you registered to vote? And then, like uh do you are you leaning anyone uh what kind of issues we, we like to talk about the issues and we like to talk about things that affect people because if you can like find out what pinpoint where people um what people care about and you know what they're kind of voting for then you can get them to vote for your candidate pretty easily just by you know giving them uh not only like pamphlets but also just talking like talking to people and like showing people that hey we care enough to be walking out here and, like, you know, actually telling people things is really important. And people really like that because people don't like this idea. Of, like, people have this idea that politicians are sort of ethereal and they don't really come down to the masses. They're the, the lords in the castle that kind of sit up there and don't really do much. But if you can change... Ivory Tower shit. Yeah, Ivory Towers. If you can change that paradigm, people really enjoy it. Especially if, you know, it's people not... not that are your age, or if it's different other people, um, but it's interesting, just going in, in South Carolina, um, especially, it was a poor black neighborhood, uh, you know, not a whole lot of other people were out there, it was very rural, rural, and, you know, we were just talking to people, and some, and I think only, we really, the people I was talking to, we really only had one bad reaction to it, it was just someone who was like, oh yeah, uh, my daughter's not here, and then she's like, and then we were like, oh, well, you're voting for it. She's like, I don't want to talk to you. And then you go, okay, all right, see ya. And that's it.
you don't annoy people. Uh, you don't try to piss people off. You just try to, you know, have a good time and talk to people. Wait, but so you're saying that it, it might be a good idea to, instead of canvas for Bernie, canvas for someone like Mike Bloomberg and getting paid for it and piss people off by saying you're canvassing for Michael Bloomberg. Well, first of all, um, some, that might backfire because some people, again, people like seeing people out there. But also the fact is you don't get paid for this as a volunteer. Uh, maybe you get paid for Michael Bloomberg if you're an organizer or something. Or if uh, you suck his dick hard enough. But the thing is, you can also do it. <laughs> I guess you could infiltrate Mike or like Joe Biden's campaign and walk up to people and call them fa- like dog face pony soldiers and start yelling at them <laughs> and say, go bo-, and just start yelling, why, 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 why? I think that would annoy people. But you- con, but con, that was. That was a John Wayne quote, don't you know? Yeah, you don't. Don't you know about that movie that was made before your time? That was made before you uh, were even born. Ah, uh, yes, the famous John Wayne quote: "Why, why, 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 why?" That's a John Wayne quote. No, it's a dog crazy. He's talking about the. Ex- uh, we, we've already ruined all the jokes on here. What are we doing? No, I, I, I ain't never seen John Wayne. Ever. Why, why, why is very obviously not a John Wayne quote. I mean, what is it from, anyways? God damn. We are crashing and burning people. Oh this my is god, I'm gonna, I'm going to strangle you. Just Please do. Now I can't. God damn it. <laughs> You're using my own power against me. You're gonna violate Pardon. his nap. <laughs> I fucking hate this podcast. And we're back. <laughs> oh, oh, that's how we're doing it. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it's really important not only just, but also getting out of your comfort zone. Like for me, it was, like even if like uh, you know, the loss in South Carolina was hard, but like still getting out there and actually seeing, you know, the conditions people are living in and like the poverty people are living in, you kind of get a sense of what you're fighting for. Okay, but th- let's be fair, Con. Mm-hmm. We didn't actually lose South Carolina. The DNC just rigged the election because we had an outside. We had a result that came outside the margin of error of, for the exit polls. Really? Yeah, you didn't hear about that. I think it was Maine and Minnesota came to like seven points outside of the margin of error for the exit mm. polls. Okay, isn't that wonderful? Okay, well, still. I think that people are, well, I mean, the thing is, if Joe Biden, like, wins the nomination, it's probably, it might be the end of the DNC. Well, I think it should be the end of the DNC either way. It, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is, like, democracy is good, but this electoralism that we have is not democracy, it's an oligarchy. And, like, I'm trying to, we're trying to fight against it, trying to work within the system right now. And if that fails, then you have to go outside the system. That's as simple as you do. You try, you go down the list. It's like a medical diagnosis. The country is failing and the country is ailing. If it's a sickness, you go down the list and say, well, we can try this cure. And if it doesn't work, go to something extreme. Like if someone has like a skin tumor, your first thing is like, all right, uh, let's try to see if we can take it off. Well, instead let's, of going, let's call the skin tumor. Let's call the skin tumor the Democratic National Committee. Yeah, yeah. If you have a Democratic National Committee on your skin, you don't just immediately go and say, uh, "Hey, we're gonna do chemotherapy, so you, it, so it'll blow it up," because that'll fuck you, mm-hmm. and it'll do more harm to you sometimes. You just you have to. I think one of the biggest things talking about revolutions and stuff and talking about, you know, actually open fighting in the streets and whatnot is if you look at things like the Syrian civil war 
or even most most of the Arab Spring is a great example of this because the Arab Spring was started out as a you know very progressive movement um, in Tunisia, but they Tunisia, re- yeah, Tunisia, 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 same thing. Oh my God. So some people, I, I think I, I forget which perpetually done with how you pronounce things. Boy, excuse you, or girl. Is this is this just gonna be the the con versus cure fight? It's fucking every single time I'm like trying to make a point about like actually well you know uh civil wars are bad because they kill a whole lot of people and they end up you can end up fucking yourself by having people like ISIS come in and like kill everyone. But 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 if you but if you have the Syrian civil war then you have people like Kurdistan stepping up and being like super fucking awesome anarchist yeah. examples. That's true. Yeah, we can't have that. But they didn't, again, the, the Kurdish, Kurdish people have been fighting this for a long, long time. And again, beforehand, you have to realize about something about Kurdish history. They've tried, you know, doing things in, like, democratic politics, and it just didn't work. Like, they tried to, like, work within the system of Turkey, and literally what Turkey ended up doing was, after the 1980 coup, we talked about this before, they outlawed Kurdish in private speech, which is fucking insane. You just have to Wait, amp it you up because a language. How? 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 We are. You... What? Kara, remember things. That don't even make any sense. No, it does. We, they, we literally. It doesn't have to be practical or, or enforceable consistently in order to have the the cool chilling effect on the people that you're trying to control, uh, which is what they wanted. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. But uh. The whole point is, like, if you go, you have to think about, you know, the average person. And, like, the biggest thing about leftist movements is if when they're successful, they're successful when you have the population behind you. If you don't have the population behind you, it's very hard to do it. So what you have to do is, in order to get them behind you, you have to heighten the contradictions. You have to work within the system, show that it's bullshit, and then say, hey, if you fight with us, we'll have a better system. And that's how you get people on your side. Especially, Wait, so Khan, are you arguing for accelerationism? Are you a pro-sadist? No, I'm not arguing for accelerationism. I'm not saying, hey, you should... I'm saying what you need to do is engage people in the system, show them how it works and how it is flawed, and then you get it on your side. I'm not saying we should elect the worst person just to, so, just to see that the system's so terrible. Like I said, that's, you know, far and beyond whatever. I think the whole point is that you... They're, you need to exhaust all your options, and especially in someone like America where the labor power is so low. We don't have a base of support big enough yet to really just start doing things and well, organizing. Not only that, well, not only that, but it's also hard to organize under a system that has vastly, dis- that has vastly uh, generated an environment in which organizing is practically impossible. For example, like... Trying, trying to engage in the local anarchist community, it's almost impossible because people have children, they have jobs, and every nobody has a set schedule that lines up together. Nobody has the ability to just, oh, well, let me just leave my kid at home and go off and do whatever the fuck I want. Nobody, nobody has the time with money to sit down and actually engage in these things because that's the way that capitalism keeps people from revolting, and they're just, it makes them complacent. Because when you have people so because what else can they yeah do? when you have people so alienated from the ability to do from the ability of change 
then you have then you end up generating a ap apathetic nature in people where people are just like you know what whatever i don't care let me just go about my leave let me just just leave me alone in with my microwave and my tv and my cellular phone and we'll just i i i'm gonna be mad but i'm just gonna scream about it and not do anything about it mm, makes sense yeah, well, sometimes the system does beat uh, you. I think it keeps the people who can change something complacent, and the people who can't change anything are powerless to change anything, and they're the ones that are suffering. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, these are the people we're fighting for. Pretty yeah. much. They're powerless. Yeah, of course. Except for Khan, he's a lib. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah you know. Try, 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 liberal. Trying to, yeah. yeah, trying to reduce harm by canvassing means I'm an accelerationist who's gonna vote for Donald, vote for fucking Mike Pence, for 2030 20, and just have him kill all the gay people, including me, so I can get off this godforsaken planet. You know, you could just, like, rocket ship. Yeah, but that's a sin card, and I'm also a tradcath. Oh, Wait, you're, oh yeah. you're a tradcath? Yeah, now I'm a tradcath. This is a tradcath. No, 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 podcast. no. What's no, no, tradcaths. So, so, just side note, just, just to kind of correct this, tradcaths don't actually believe that suicide is a sin because the official stance on suicide is that it is that it is temporary insanity and therefore completely um, sinless. No, as someone That's who was a trad, who who has a Catholic family, a big thing in the church is suicide is killing someone. Killing someone's a sin. Period. There is no, uh, it's not insanity. You don't get the insanity defense. The Catholics don't believe in that. Mm. The devil made me do it. Yeah, you could, well, I mean, according to he most Catholics, like, the devil made you do a lot, yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing where it's almost incompatible with a lot of, like, modern-day stuff. But, anyways. I digress. I think the point is, is that canvassing is good not only just because, you know, you're advocating for someone who... For me, it's advocating for someone who might actually, you know, make something change and fucking get rid of this. Maybe change this awful system, at least however slight a way. But also, it's getting you out there in the community and talking to people. And as much as we like to say here, oh yeah, we're anarchists, we care about the community, we have to show that. We have to, you know, we can't just be posting all the time. Okay, but counterpoint, it's fucking winter in Minnesota. Well, then go out in the spring! You can, I mean, like, you, do, you don't have to, like, my point is, is just getting out there is useful. Because you can actually talk to people, and you can get outside of your little bubble, and you can get outside of, you know, the mind space of the internet where you're just arguing with Marxist-Leninists all the time or something. And then you get out there, and it's like, oh, it's different. And sometimes it, it, it really makes you reevaluate your positions, and that's a good thing. You should feel so, challenged, and it's it's going to be hard, and it's going to be anxious, but uh -oh. that's worth it. So Khan is actually arguing that we duh, just dis, duh, we just ignore all electoralism altogether and just build community gardens everywhere, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, you can do that too. The whole point is like you should be doing something for community, uh, you know, just community advocacy. Whether that be through trying to get people to support a, a politician who, even though they work within the system, who might actually ch make a change or that you believe in, to just, like, making sure that, like, your neighbors have things to eat and, like, when they're on hard times, you help them out. This is mutual aid. Yeah. But also in South Carolina, uh, what ended up happening also was uh, I went to, uh, when we were done canvassing... The area that I went to, uh, we were meeting up at a, like, 
it was like some judge uh, or court magistrate or something for the county. And I went there and uh, it, it said it was open. So I went inside and I went to go pee. And the fucking, this dude uh, barges in. He's just like, what are you doing here? Get out. We're closed. And I'm right in the middle of I'm taking a piss. And then I was like, uh, I just needed to go pee. He's like, get out. We're closed. And I was like, uh, and he's just like, fine, finish up. Get out. We're closed. And I was like, okay. And then I just left, and I was like, hey, man, sorry, I didn't realize it was closed. And he's like, get out, we're closed. And he just did not want to talk to me. And of course, he was a white guy in the middle of a fucking black majority neighborhood. So I was like, yeah, maybe this is why people fu- people uh, really hate, uh, there's such a big racial divide in this country. Because all the black people I met were super nice and super great. And this fucking white asshole, like, literally yelled at me for taking a piss in, a, you know, a public building. So how dare you? It's fucking. It, it just made me. It put things into perspective. I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, but also, I will say it was very interesting. You know, you go canvas, you go talk to people in um, rural South Carolina, and then the difference between that and like um, college students in Tallahassee is very interesting, uh, to say the least. Because, you know, for one, uh, a lot of the apartments that I went to, um, they were either, it was Friday afternoon, so people were drinking, people were smoking, that that dank kush. There was one dude, I'm so sad to say that uh, we have, I did not secure the gamer vote, because there was one dude that came to the door, uh, at first he yelled and said, uh, you know, uh, come in or whatever, I think he was waiting for someone. And then I was like, of course, I was like, I don't want to come into this random guy's house. And then he just comes to the door. He's like, yo, dude, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm probably, and then I'm in the middle of a sick game of Apex. I was like, all right, man, just I got I got to ask you, are you, are you vote? And he's like, nah, man, I'm not registered. And I was like, all right, sorry, my dude. And this dude was fucking high as shit. And fucking weed was coming out of his apartment. And it was fucking great. But you're not trying to catch some of his high, huh? Well, no, I don't want to go into some random person's apartment and be like, hi, I'm with the Bernie Sanders camp. You have to realize, like, people are hesitant and people are, uh, everyone's just as awkward as you. Everyone is. Mm. Like, yes. You you don't believe it? It's literally anxiety makes you believe that not everyone, like, everyone has it figured out. No one fucking does. Everyone's awkward. Everyone's a little bit weird. Everyone does dumb things. Like, you just gotta be, you gotta remember that, and you just gotta vibe. But I did have some good conversations with people who were, most of them were voting for Bernie. Uh, one guy was a Republican. I think most of the people were kind of, most of the other candidates were out. Like, there was, a, there was a Yang voter, but she she was like, yeah, I was thinking about voting for Bernie, and I think I convinced her. There wasn't really anyone for Biden, because no one under the age of, like, 80 votes for Biden, really. Yet Biden won five states. Yeah, well, again, this has to do with, you know, the problems of electoralism and voter suppression because people can't get time off work unless you're retired. And that's the thing. That's why we're trying to, I was trying to tell people, especially um, about absentee voting was a big thing where people were like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be in state for spring break. And I was like, you can absentee vote. That starts like on Saturday, even though, and you can just vote like that. It depends on where you're registered. You can change where you registered. Don't worry about it. So is there something like absentee voting for the states that have caucuses instead? That's what the satellite caucuses are. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there is stuff like that. 
Uh, the issue is that there's still a lot of voter suppression because even then, like, satellite voting, not a lot of people know about it. Not a lot of people talk about it. And that's almost intentional. That's why it was such a huge thing in Iowa is because Bernie, Bernie's campaign did organize so, so many of the satellite caucuses that it literally broke the needle on the New York Times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, needle go on Chapo. Yeah, right? It's like, you, you know that it's, you know there's a massive amount of voter suppression when, you, when, the, when the mainstream media doesn't even acknowledge the fact that there could be a chance of people who are not currently in the state voting mm-hmm. in the primary or even, even in the, main, the general election. Mm-hmm. You know there's voter suppression going on all around. And like kind of to kind of call it back, like if you if you guys ever followed the Georgia the Georgia governorship election, Stacey Abrams actually was supposed to be was supposed to win the governorship, but because of voter suppression through uh, making sure that felons felons couldn't vote, making sure that uh, a lot of the black neighborhoods didn't have polling places, making sure that a lot of these major the majority people the majority of people in Georgia were not able to vote, she lost. I mean, that was the same thing that happened with Andrew Gillum, where it was like, you know, you know, you have someone who's a popular pop- politician who's getting you know, grassroots support, and then you have, like, a wet sack of paper that somehow ends up, like, barely edging them out because of either boomers in the middle of it or, um, God, Ron DeSantis is, like, I hate to kink shame people, but Ron DeSantis is, like, the definition of a cuck. Like, he is, like, so fucking lame. And just so bad, and just not only like it's not even funny bad. He's just boringly bad. How anyone voted for him uh, boggles my mind. But people did. And, it was an like, accident. No, no, it's that same mentality that we we're talking about before with with a lot of liberals. It's not. It's that they don't even care about policy. It's that they care about the 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 institutional support, mm-hmm. or they care about the way that they look. Like the majority, and you could you saw this. Especially, especially yeah, well, when well, even, even then, I, I would challenge that because Ron DeSantis is literally looks like a wet sack of shit, and he's a fucking idiot. Like literally, watching him, like if you watched him for two seconds on any of his ads, he was just like a bumbling moron. Like literally, the only thing that probably ended up getting him any votes was that he's like literally Trump's bitch boy and will like literally suck his cock. That's it. That's the only thing he has going for him. And now you're king shaming that. Which, you know... But, but that's what happens with people who have no, like, vested interest in politics, right? They, yeah. they, pick, the, they pick the one that, oh, well, my team says this person's good, so I'm going to vote for them, no matter how they feel about the individual person. It's a team, it's a team thing. Exactly. But I think also just there was, there was a lot of voter suppression. Especially because, you know, um, the votes were getting... Votes were really, really, really close. And there was a lot of times when it was like, oh... Um, like, Ron DeSantis declared victory, like, a while ago, uh, way beforehand, and then said, uh, you know, I won. And then, uh, Andrew... Oh, so he did the Pete Buttigieg thing. Oh, yeah. And then Andrew, well, he was declared the winner. And then Andrew Gillum, uh, was like, yeah, I have to do my uh, resignation or, uh, whatever it is to, um, I have to, uh... Ah, uh, what was it? Not resignation, where he's uh, rescinding the race or something. He had to basically say that he was he was he was he uh, beaten, dropping out. Yeah, he he was going to be dropping out, and like Ron DeSantis was going to get it. And then he had to actually go back on that because people were, you know, uh, 
uh, people were saying, hey, uh, we, you might have actually won, and Ron is just being an idiot. And that was a thing, and there was a lot of, apparently, a lot of chicanery going on in Miami, and a lot of chicanery going on with Latino populations. And, like, this is for someone, as much as I wanted Andrew Gillum to win, he still, he still had a lot of, he was a very Obama-esque figure. In the sense that he was a very, you know, talk the progressive talk, but if he would actually do it, I don't know. He took a lot of money from Wall Street, which I wasn't too happy about. But it's better than Ron DeSantis, and you have to realize, like, Ron winning is... This comes after Rick Scott, um, literally, um... I think Ron... What was Ron DeSantis for Rick Scott? I think he was his, like, environmental minister or something like that. He did something for Rick Scott, and uh, there is a famous incident where uh, Ron, I think it was either Rick Scott or Ron DeSantis were sitting down at uh, dinner, and they got like literally like berated and attacked by the people who were around them because the, the place they were eating was like by Lake Okeechobee. And Lake o- Okeechobee, uh, there is a huge red tide because literally, uh, oh no, it was Rick Scott because literally Pete, Rick Scott, uh, cut all the regulations and let people like dump toxic waste into it. And so all, no, it was fertilizer. All the fertilizer runoff went into there. Um, and get your fucking facts straight before you give this story. I got like three different things that you said that was, uh, okay. It, it, it was, was fertilizer. fertilizer. It was fertilizer. Yeah, it was fertilizer, but like people fucking hated people. Like, Rick Scott also won his race, which is highly suspect because people fucking hate Rick Scott down here. Because Even, like, Republicans, like, don't like him because he fucked with their social security and had a huge scandal. So it's very obvious that, like, even since the early 2000s, you can go with this with the fucking uh, Bush election. It's very obvious that there is chicanery and, like, voter suppression going on. Now, the whole point is, like, the whole strategy of, like, something like the Bernie shit campaign is to basically just say, all right, we know there's going to be fuckery going on, but if we can get enough people out to vote and win by a fucking huge margin, then they would have to like bend over backwards and make themselves look like absolute fools. Like they did in Iowa to make sure that they, you know, he wouldn't win. But they would be willing to do that. That's the, that's the bitch of it all. Well, and then that's, that's the point. You heighten the contradictions. You have succeeded. They have failed. Fair enough. And that's, that's the whole point. That's the strategy. Is that you're not doing electoralism just because you want to, you know, you actually believe in the system. You're trying to do it so that you can either change the system through the system, or you can just prove that it's so stupid and batshit insane that no one believes in it anymore and they'll get behind you. Yeah, basically, you know, either... It's just a lose-lose situation. You either lose by not getting anything done because the the oligarchs are just going to be like, fuck you, we don't care, or you're going to lose because you have to die in the revolution anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think it's almost like a win. For me, it's almost like a... If you actually get out there and try to do things and actually try to, you know, advocate for change, I think it's going to be a win-win because, again, like I said, if they killed the Iowa caucus to make sure that Bernie didn't win, that is huge. They are scared. Make no mistake. They are not happy about all of this. They killed their baby. They're their thing where they're like, oh, yeah, caucuses are great. Because, again, their caucuses are anti-democratic. So they can want to be like, oh, yeah, actually, caucuses are great. And they killed it basically to ensure that Bernie didn't get a good PR week. And it still didn't matter really all that much. Because he still won. Yeah. Because it did. And, it, and it's weird because the, the, it, what's really weird 
what's really weird about this Super Tuesday, and is that Joe Biden took Joe Biden what four four attempts to even win South Carolina. Yeah. Four entire presidential campaigns to win the state of South Carolina. He didn't even win it by that much. Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest thing is like we just gotta. I think my point is just fight for what you believe in, no matter the cost. You might die. You might lose. That's okay. The fight goes on. The victory sometimes is in the struggle. And, and like, like people were like after Super Tuesday being like, "Oh man, you know, it's all over. We're all fucked." And it's like, no, we've been through worse. Literally, I will, I will stand by this argument every fucking time. George W. Bush had did a lot more harm than Donald Trump ever has and probably ever could. Well, but he, but here's the thing. So people were doom posting specifically because they they had such high expectations of Super Tuesday. Yeah. Which, to be fair, going into it, Bernie should have it should have been blown up for Bernie. But through through the rat fucking that happened, through the 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 peop, the, the the random liberals dropping out, the faceless liberals dropping out and endorsing the the sack of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there was it, it changed everything. And now people were like, oh, well, because Bernie didn't blow out Super Tuesday, he's going to lose all that momentum. He's going to not, he's not going to win any other state. But they keep forgetting he won California. He only, he didn't really lose Texas. But he, it was, yeah. it was so close that it doesn't even matter. He won Nevada, which they thought he wasn't going to even get anything in. Mm-hmm. He, he had the he's yeah he has the entire establishment up in arms trying to make sure that they can find a way to absolutely dismantle his path forward by dismantling their own system that they built from the ground up because they're so and fucking again. scared and he came out of Super Tuesday at sixty five delegates down sixty five do you know how many that is in the grand scheme of things when there's still almost like thousands of other delegates that still need to be assigned nothing well this is the point here's my point. I think our advocacy is working. I think this plan, even if Bernie doesn't win, like you said, they're they're blowing up their own system. They're pressing the self-destruct button on the Death Star. It doesn't matter if 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 we end up actually winning, because they've already made fools of themselves. And mm-hmm. we if we can capitalize on that, then we can really pull off something amazing. If we can what now? Capitalize. capitalize. Oh God. <laughs> Hmm. Khan is definitely a liberal. I think we might need to, need to uh, down. vote Khan off the island. Look, look, vote Joe Biden, okay? He's he's gonna beat Trump, okay? Oh yeah, especially with his dementia-riddled brain. I Jesus. thought that was just a I meme mean, for a long. That might actually give him a strategic advantage against Trump. <laughs> yeah, he'll at Fair least enough. not be on Twitter all the time, and you know it'll be less annoying. Well, so but let's let's actually be honest. Like, I think anybody who goes out against Trump that can generate any kind of interest beyond the, any part, any segment of interest that ha- that Obama had, they would beat Trump because yeah. Trump only lost because of a low voter, voter turnout. <laughs> because he ran voter- the worst campaign in the history of ever. Like, but it's so. A- so so going back to to the actual point and not actually talking about that, if. We would win. If Bernie doesn't win the primary, we won anyways. Because if Bernie loses the primary, that means they blew up their entire system for that leads up to the com- convention. You to blow it up for that us. That leads up to the election. They, they blow it up. And then you have an entire coalition that, would be, that was behind Bernie in the first place that would just write him in anyways. 
Well, this is what you do. You find people that are disaffected by the system, and then you bring them into the fold and say, hey, you basically what you do, what will end up happening is the real battle is going to be, you know, once people start getting more radicalized, is going to be us versus, you know, right-wing radicals and people who are trying to do, like, you know, Nazi shit. It's, you know, socialism or barbarism. You got to tell people, you got to convince people. That's the next battle. You got to convince people that, you know, your radicalism is, you know, going to end up materially improving their lives more than another person's radicalism. But 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 if we're being absolutely completely honest, we are even even taking taking for granted the the untapped potential of the working class. Mm-hmm. The majority of Americans already are so for socialist policies. Or just that, so against the system, not even for socialist policies. Just yeah. so fucking against this bullshit system. Like politics has literally become a meme. That any that any left wing any left wing movement, organization or otherwise, would absolutely demolish any right wing organization or movement because people were just like, Yeah, we saw that. We saw that happen before. The only people that actually want that kind of that kind of position are those who are already into it. And you can't convince them anyways. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the people who are on the fence or completely, I, I'm completely apolitical, quote-unquote, those are the kind of people you need to focus on because those are the kinds of people that you can sway. The people who are already marching in the streets, uh, goose, who are already goose-stooping in the streets, like, you're not going to sway them. They made the decision that they want to murder you. Like, yeah, there, there's, these, there's these anecdotes of people going around being like, oh, well, I, I'm this black person that infiltrated the KKK and I got 12 of these people to leave it. It's like, you got 12 people that probably weren't even invested in it in the first place and they just did it because it was just the cultural thing to do in their area. Because they might have never been a black, black, black person in their life before. I mean, I understand. Like, I think going out and talking to people is, you know, good. But at the same time, and like, I think people can change. I think you can, you know, convince people to change. But there is a certain point where it's like, it'll take so much effort that it is functionally impossible to change them. It doesn't, it, it wouldn't be worth your effort to change one person with that much effort. So you yeah. just gotta, you gotta put your best foot forward and you gotta say, look, sometimes these people, you just gotta, you, you just gotta say, yeah, fuck you, I, I think you're a moron. And just leave it at that. But, so... And, like, uh, uh, actually going back to your, your um, thing, I know exactly who you're talking about with the guy who infiltrated the KKK... He like the the whole point was um a lot of these groups know that um one of the biggest things the Nazis ended up doing was uh, I think this is a speech by Goebbels who was talking about how uh we can't have people start thinking about you know the good Jew then like every single every single person would be like oh yeah I hate the Jews except for my one friend that lives down the street he's the good Jew so we have to convince him otherwise of that mm. you know. Yeah, you have to you have to establish I mean, a stereotype, and, and, and they're very good at doing that because then you can just basically you know absolutely alienate people through social pressure like that. Well, yeah, because if you if you tell people before they even meet these kind of people before before they even meet these kind of people that hey all every person that you're gonna meet that that identifies this way is this way, they're not gonna even try to meet get to know them. They're just gonna be like okay that's that's how they are. We're gonna move on, and we're just gonna be like okay whatever. It's the same thing that happens with uh, McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. Poisoning the well, basically. But, but my point is, like, you're right. Electoralism, or at least bringing people into the fold of electoralism to heighten the contradictions, is a good thing. But you can't just 
it has to be a dual thing like we've been talking about. You can't just say, just go out and vote. You have to get them energized and involved enough so that if they do lose, they're able, you're able to organize them and take them to the streets. Because, it's, and this is the, one of the biggest arguments that I've actually seen on the left against Bernie Sanders, is that if we vote for Bernie Sanders, let's say, you know, bar, best case scenario, Bernie Sanders wins, that's going to dismantle the entire coalition because the majority of people who are fighting for Bernie to be president are just going to be like, okay, he's just going to solve everything for us and just give up. Well, you, you, we saw what happened with Obama. That's why I'm a little bit more hopeful about Bernie, even if he doesn't come through, is we now have a framework of knowing you know, how to hold someone accountable. We know what happens when we don't hold them accountable. We get Obama. We need to, we need to say, all right. And well, that's the thing. We're focusing on one thing right now because that's the stage that we're in. We can't, it's like almost like, in, a, in almost like a Marxian sense, we can say that it's, you know, this is how history works. We kind of put undue pressure on Obama to be a PR guy more than a uh, policy guy. Yeah, but... Well, because uh, Obama was explicitly a figurehead. He didn't actually yeah. have any policies. Yeah. He just grabbed the policies that would get him elected and moved on. I mean, like, the pressure was genuinely on for that. For for Obama, not really, because people, I mean, people kind of just rallied around him, and then all of a sudden, uh, when he wasn't doing things, like, most of the people that you see nowadays, like, how many people during the Obama administration were criticizing uh, drone strikes, were criticizing uh, some of his dumb positions on, like, Syria? A lot of people were sweeping that not... all the way under the rug. Yeah, exactly. That's my point, is, like, we know what happens when that goes, and you have to tell people, look... All right, we have to take things one step at a time, but also you have to tell people, hey, you know, once he gets elected, that's not the be-all, end-all. The struggle still goes on. You have to still keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting, and it's going to be tiring, and, they, and it's going to suck. And people were legitimately surprised when things weren't just immediately better. Yeah. Things are going to get better. They might not, like, it might not be visible. It's going to be better than Trump. Wait. Wait, but, you mean so that if I vote for Bernie Sanders, that doesn't mean that automatically I'm going to have $1,000 in my pocket every month and that I'm going to have universal health care and the entire contradictions that are, exist under capitalism are just going to disappear? What? Uh, actually, Bernie Sanders is a magician, so you can, you can actually do that. Oh, okay. Actually, you know, since Bernie Sanders can't get any of that done, uh, I'm just going to vote for Joe Biden, who also can't get anything done because Mitch McConnell controls the country, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Like that that's, cool needs to fucking die. How is he still alive? I don't get that. I like I said, most of these people I think are still alive. The souls rituals of the innocent. Yeah, literally ritual sacrifice. That's the only reason why they're alive. No, two bagels. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Obama? Oh God, Jesus a, Christ! Oh, I guess we can't. It's not a story the liberals will tell you. <laughs> he had the power to resurrect the DNC. He had the power to to. Uh, manipulate the delegates to create Obamacare. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a liberal. <laughs> I don't like... Or not from a conservative. I don't like sand. But yeah, I think the whole point is like, we need to focus on one thing at a time, and we could, like again, this is what Kirkpocket talks about. We focus on one thing at a time, but we also have to keep the big picture in mind. We, we could focus, like, on the revolution and all that stuff, but we also have to focus on uh, what happens after it and how do we feed people. And that should be always be our thing. You need to, you know, focus on one thing and focus a lot of your energy on it. But keep in mind how things are, can turn out. And always plan for the worst, but hope for the best. 
you I mean this is this is how thing this is how successful revolutions and this is how successful operations go. I mean this is how this the civil rights movement went. Do you think everything in the civil rights movement like this is one of the things I hate about um the liberalization of like education is just because it's like the civil rights movement everyone oh yeah they just kind of fought for their stuff and then uh then they uh, came back and it was all great. History is absolutely dry when it comes to telling anything. Like, you just don't get a sense of anything that happened. Mm. The best point I can make is, did you think, do you think that Huey Long just blackpilled the first time he was arrested? Do you think MLK blackpilled when he found out, oh, well, I guess my kids just have to go to another school? Do you think Malcolm X blackpilled when he went to, to jail? No, they didn't. Don't take the black pill. Don't just become a doom poster. Yes, there are going to be setbacks. Yes, there are going to be... It's going to be a long, arduous, uphill battle. But if you... But if you give up at the first sign of of losing, at the first sign of potentially... Of just being hit, slapped across the face. Because that's all it was. They, they concentrated... The, the DNC concentrated their entire efforts to... To bring down the the Bernie coalition, and it amounted to a slap in the face. Sixty five delegates. That's nothing. That is that is that is not even half of the Rhode Island, right? Like how many how many delegates is Rhode Island? Have? Just, just, uh... but I think we could also to make another uh, very liberal uh, Marvel reference. Oh no! You got to be like Doctor Strange. You gotta, you know, when he goes and meets Dormammu, what does he do? He says, "All right, I might be, I might, I might lose, but I could lose over and over and over again, and eventually you will win because you'll just tire them out by being so obnoxious that they're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. It fucking sucks. Can you please stop annoying me? And that's when you get the concessions because that's when they're weak. Wait, what? Wait, so wait." No, he's talking about Rocky, where Rocky says it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, you just have to get back up until they stop being able to punch you in the face. Oh. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Doctor Strange. Wait, no, I know you're talking about Doctor to... Strange, but the, but the trope came from Rocky, because... Yeah. Yeah. Y'all a bunch of nerds? Just a little bit. I'm saying just, it's going to suck, and we all know it's going to suck. But it could be worse. And but that's why we're doing it. Solidar- it's not solidarity until, you know, we lose and then we kind of just do whatever. It's solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. The working class shall die. We're not singing. Uh, on that note. This episode started out like a dumpster fire, but then finally... Oh, you want to end like a dumpster fire, in. though? Because we can do that. No, we're not... This entire podcast is a dumpster fire. This is why we don't make money. Which, by the way, thank you to our patron, Esophis. Uh, Esophis. Thank you so much, Esophis, because you are, you are the real winner here. Hey, and you too, listener, can be mentioned on our podcast when we talk about sounding... Just give us, just give us five dollars a month. That's all it is. All I gotta say is, in podcasting, you can lose money. You could lose money over and over again, but eventually you win. If we gave up the first time we lost money and like didn't get a lot of patrons, then we wouldn't be here. What's that fucking? What's that fucking quote by Elizabeth? What's that Elizabeth quote? First they fight you. First they fight you. Then, first, then... first they think you're crazy. Then they fight you, and then all of a sudden you change the world. 
I've been Confight. I've been Kira. I'm the Gecko. Julekath. Bye. We'll see you next time. Okay, we're still recording and too high to bother to stop. Oh shit, oh, we're doing a back-to-back? -back? Okay, so hit, oh, definitely editing that out.